0: Good morning people of the internet, you are listening to W Radio 79.5 FM, a podcast where we discuss the movie, Gross Point Blank, one minute at a time. I am your co-host Hugh David.
1: And I'm your other co-host, Dev Sodiger. and on today's show we're going to be looking at minute 46, and joining us on today's show, and joining us for this whole week, we have Leslie Byron-Pitt, broadcast podcaster, film critic. Welcome Leslie, it's good to have you on. Hi, how are you guys doing? good man good <laughs> all good all good
0: yeah sorry i keep forgetting video and audio yeah thumbs up for those who are not if it's seeing us <laughs>
1: sorry yeah i'm gonna be clipping out that thumb anyway cause... yeah of course you are.
0: exactly so why did i do it i don't know carry on, carry out on. Like
2: watch. <laughs> 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 uh,
0: so uh dev before we start les let's just have a quick chat about um, the fact that you like Rose Point Bank you've seen it before you know your way around it. How did you first come to the film when how
2: right? so my friend of now over thirty years, Hannah um basically came around one day after school with a whole bunch of stuff. She introduced me to a whole bunch of movies. And um, so she introduced me to John Hughes and she introduced me to uh, Danny Boyle. Um, and she also introduced me to um, this film, George Armitage. Um, so or to ghost point blank. And it was really, it's a really, really strange thing because I watch, I've got this kind of thing with gross point blank in which it's really similar to leave a weapon for me where I've seen it, I've seen it more than once, like it, and this is in the past like it like it fine can't remember any of it it's really it's a really weird thing but I think that's mostly because I've been I watched it when I was quite young uh, uh, 97 nice. film 97 film I would have been in my teens and even though I watched it it was probably along those lines when I was just watching a lot of movies anyway mm-hmm. um, so I've seen this I think it's the third time I've seen this film Um and um, yeah, that's how I that's how I got got into into the movie. I've always liked it because I always liked John Cusack in, in that era. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing about Cusack in that era that's just brilliant, he's just got this kind of, it's almost as if he's looking at the camera, almost like everything's like high fidelity where he's kind of looking at the camera and going, come with me on this trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is really fun because it was just, it's way more darker and cynical and against, and and a very almost Gen Mm X-y thing going all the way through it, which I found really, really funny. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why I don't, I've never really remembered it as much. It's just that once, it's a film that once you get older and you're in the same positions as those characters, it grows on you and you see these little things that kind of pop out and um, (laughs) just, just, i don't know there's a very universal feeling about some of the stuff that goes in there even though it's about saturns
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely so dev this is your favorite movie of all time and we have now reached minute 46 so your pro- the, the project is happening it's going on it's working
1: <laughs> we're progressing we've gotten further than a lot of movies by minute podcasts at this point so i'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> like upset you,
0: like- as you like to remind people, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Running gag and, you know, full disclosure, Les. Because I, 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 you were one of the people, as I said last year when Dev first proposed this, I have no idea how anyone talks for an entire podcast run about a movie, right? <laughs> you you and I used to do, what, an hour, two, hour and a half per movie? Yeah. And then we still mentioned, <laughs> like, five others. So, you know...
2: So it's like
1: and then stuff that we have yeah. to watch for the next time, <laughs> Yeah, so here we are, here we are, and uh, we, we, I think we're doing pretty well. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm stoked. I'm still really enjoying this process as well, which is kind yes. of important, right? Especially when yes. you end up listening to each of these episodes like two or three times over during editing, yes. and like all the coordination to make this happen. Like it, this is this is fun. Um, I actually did find out recently that there is another podcast that had attempted the gross point blank movies by minute thing. Mm. Uh, and Sources, I
0: so gross, much, very uh, much, po- much point.
1: So gross, such point, much blank. Yeah. Um, yeah and a shout out to them because they were yes. even more ambitious than we were. Right. So they did a deep dive into the entire back catalog of Johnny Nash. They did mm-hmm. um, a deep dive into all of the works of George Armitage, which is an undertaking because I'm yep. not entirely sure I want to watch most of those films, to be honest. <laughs> um, but, you know, they had entire episodes dedicated to these. They had brand new people on new to the movie to, to interview. Uh, and they, they started the minutes and, and it feels like it's died off. I'm going to try reaching out to them and see if we can get them. Oh on yeah.
0: We, should, we, we absolutely have to team up with them. We it really would be there.
1: great. And, and and I would also love to like maybe inspire them to get back into it with theirs because they have a, a different perspective on it. And I think yep. this film warrants, warrants a couple different acts on it. Um, but we are doing Minute 46. We should probably talk about it at some point in the episode. <laughs> um, so uh, we've just had the Ultimate blow up, as, yes. uh, as um, Grosser refers to it. And uh, Martin thinks that this is the opportune time to ask Debbie out. And so... <laughs> This entire conversation is, is a phone call, or this entire minute is a phone call back and forth between uh, Martin and Debbie on, uh, you know, will you meet me for, for drinks at the Hippo Club tonight?
2: Well, it is isn't. it isn't. Like, when you start the first, when you start the, the beginning of it, it's just, like, it just blows up.
1: Mm. So uh, on mm-hmm. the, uh, it, yes.
2: the whole Superstar um, super super kind of just blows up. And there's this amazing thing, like it's really well put together in terms of like how it's edited and nice, nicely put together with a little zoom into the, micro, into the microwave and blows up, blows up and everything. But the thing that I absolutely love is as it blows up, he rescues this um, kind of shop kid, this clerk yeah. from it. They jump onto the grass next next to it as it blows up. They They both roll over and Keesha kind of rolls into this kind of pose where he kind of rolls onto his hands. And he, as if it's just this thing that happens to him all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's
0: just, it's just like, like that. Like, yeah, let's just watch the beauty of the explosion for a moment. <laughs> Take a minute. We live. Let's enjoy it.
2: <laughs> and then he turns around and asks if the kid is okay. So <laughs> which the kid is like, no. Once <laughs> what, he, he says, I'm, I'm- I'm hurt. I'm pissed. And, uh, and I need I to find, find a new, find new job. <laughs> and the thing that got me, and again, this is, I think, one of the reasons why when I was younger, it didn't, it didn't hit to me that much. But he's gone back to Detroit. It is, you know, you look at Detroit, and Detroit is this place full of like, which is you know it used to be like the heart of America, heartland of like of, of working America, which was which was gutted. And the idea that this guy who looks way too old to be in to be working in that store anyway mm. gets saved and then he's like, I've got to find a new job. And it's just this element of kind of kind of kind of where America is at that moment in time, how yeah. and capitalism. And you just I only just realise it. It's like when he's going back after ten years, all these guys have dreams that they never really realized. Mm. They're all in different kind of jobs and they're all kind of all, uh, all over the place and, and reality's hitting them. And there's something about that moment where, he's, where this poor guy's going, I need to find another job. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it just hit yeah. me a little harder than, than before. It just, there's something about it. There's something about that. And obviously in the minutes before beforehand that you guys have talked about where Dan Aykroyd and, um, and Cusack are talking and the way they talk about things and the way they talk about their job I think it's all very telling, and I think there's this underlaying of where people are in work at this <laughs> at that moment in time, and it, it is a literally a throwaway line that you won't even think of in that moment. But for me, I, it just kind of opened my eyes to where that where that whole film and whole that, that whole world is mm, at that yeah. moment.
1: Yeah, this this kind of underscores what you were saying earlier about this being something that resonates so much more when you're at the age where, like, your 10-year high school reunion invite has come up. This isn't John Hughes. This isn't Breakfast mm. Club or Say Anything. This is the flip side of that. This is yeah. the reality that you face after the, the, you know, bright-eyed optimism of those films yeah. that just
0: yeah.
1: doesn't manifest for any of us, right? Like, there's always, you know, for, for pretty much everybody, there is some aspect of the hopes and dreams coming out of high school that just never materializes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: very much so. I mean, that's the thing I, but I think that's the thing I kind of, I really like about it. I mean, it's so nineties, it's such a nineties movie and it's one of those films that kind of fits in with singles and, and, uh, whatever Cameron Crowe was doing at home and reality bites and everything else like that. There's this really sardonic undercurrent that goes through the whole movie. Yeah. And on top of it is this really kind of sparky, bright eyed. Um, uh, how can I say like love story and, and, and stuff going on in there. And it's something about George Armitage as well. Cause I, I recently watched Miami blues and it's the same thing. It's this really weird flip flopping between kind of, Campy comedy and something really dark and pretty sinister. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's what I liked about it. I mean, even in this minute, you know, Ace of Spades is playing and, on the soundtrack before before it blows up, and mm. then he kind of goes into this conversation with um, with this Debbie, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so yep. he goes into the conversation with Debbie Mini Driver, and there's something about the fact that there's this flaming. Icon of of capitalism just on fire, <laughs> and, and then he's having this really like, yeah, you want to meet where we used to drink at the, at the hippo club? and
0: It's just like, like what? love amongst you know? the burning ashes. <laughs> <laughs> it's there's, there's
2: and it, and this is just the this is just the first minute I'm on, and I'm like, really, come on. <laughs> it's it's really good. It's, it's it is it's really good.
0: Yeah, I have to say that's been as as Dev says. Well, this is why we're getting so through it and why we're getting so much out of it. Is there is so much every minute. You know, even the ones we thought, oh, they're going to be boring. Something's there. Something's mm. there that suddenly leaps out. And, and as you say, the 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 landscape. I mean, the irony that they didn't shoot it in Detroit. They shot it all in L.A. <laughs> it's just like palpable because yeah. okay, you know, L.A. will allow them to blow the hell something up in the middle of you know the suburb, but. Yeah. The, the message the, the the theme the the notion of what this is all about is all right there um there's also something interesting we we discovered when we were looking through the um through the, the imdb that the person who plays the ultimark guy is actually one of the is it sound editor was it or casting i can't remember but he's, he's a, to
1: yeah location scout i think yeah,
0: location scout that's his crew member but the yeah. thing is that he's gone on to become an award-winning location person with, as part of a team of location people but, like, you can just like I, I buy his acting because when he's doing this role, what you just said, that's true of his own job <laughs> easy come, easy go. You know, it's the film business, right?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, very yeah. Much so,
2: yeah,
0: so I think I think that's quite a, a nice touch as well.
1: There's a little bit of editing at play here as well. Right at the end of this minute, you've got um, Martin driving off, and uh, it you know before this minute ends we're going to cut to a scene outside the hippo club just you know a a compositional shot of the hippo club but mm-hmm. inserted between those two is one last shot of the ultimate on fire right on fire. <laughs> it's 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 like okay this this business is out this new business is in it's just it's just the american concept of consumerism and commerce and business at play right like business yeah. gone new business
2: this is 25 years before um, Fincher does The Killer. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, but, well, you see, that's the thing, right? I still haven't seen The Killer, and I've read the comic book, but I haven't seen it, and I want to see what he does with it. But one of the things I'm thinking, because is, is that this, again, we've said this on a few other episodes, but we haven't yet explored it, and hopefully this week we'll get into it with you a bit more as well, is how well Gross Point Blank like is holding up, because it predates and prefigures other directors' attempts to use the idea of hitmen and the world of hitmen yeah. to comment on things i mean yes. um you know you and i les we did a podcast that on um what was, oh crikey oh brain brad pitt <laughs> andrew dominic yes we did killing them softly and obviously that's also based on you know a well-known Coven's trade
2: and yeah.
0: yeah, you know, it's Coogan's Bluff. It's Tomb Train, sorry. It's by, the point is that it's based on the hard-boiled text of the 70s, 60s, 70s, and Armitage, as you pointed out with Miami Blues, also has a history of that. Also, so that although Gross Point Blank is an original script, there's very much that sensibility at work. And actually i think the more I think about it, the more I feel like you could do a really interesting double the double bill with Gross Point Blank and Killing Me Softly.
2: <laughs> you could do a good good double bill with um Gross Point Blank and the Grifters. You could do a good uh, you could yeah. do a good one with um there was something I I wanted to watch. I think it would have been yeah, I'll go back to what I said earlier, reality bites. Yes. Um it there's something about there's something about the needle drops. There's something about all of this that is this really interesting kind of soup that's going on, mm. and it, it, this this one minute would be very very interesting to watch after watching Clerks, for some reason. Yes. <laughs> that's a, just good something that's yeah. a good point. That's a good ironic, point. And then ironically in Clerks too, one of the things that's so funny is the fact that Dante goes to, the opening shot of Clerks is him opening up it, like he did before, and Clerks is, on, the, the shop is on fire. Um, yes. And then he has to move on. And like, there is something about what Dev says here, where there is just a thing where it's like that store, that convenience store is just blown up and it just cuts to a bar and everything's on fire, but it doesn't matter. It's just like everyone has to just get up and go and that, that's it. There's something so horribly disposable about that as well as everyone that's getting shot because that's the, mm. the nature of their job as well. Mm. Um, it's... It's quite intense when you look at it and they have just, put, like I said, they kind of layer this this really funny, like, story and Jerry and Piven and everything else like that. But there's these just little droplets of, yeah, this is what we're really thinking at the
1: moment. <laughs> this yeah. Is what we're
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 30 years, you know, since Clerks debuted. Yeah. I mean, Sundance has just happened. So, yeah, it literally is 30 years since it's debuted. That's, That's- mad. Badness, yeah. absolute madness. <laughs> of course, it was it was ninety four, so that's three years ahead of this getting made. This, this yeah. is coming in, you know, on that wave of American indie films of that era, particularly the indie crime ones. But it's got that sense of comedy, as you say, that means it fits in with all with the with, with the stuff. And you know, as you say, Ben Stiller and everybody, what they're doing back then, it just it feels logical that it all fits together. This is the action movie for that generation, you know. Mm. I mean, this yeah, is, right another right. one. This would go with is, is if you watched Heather's than this.
2: Yeah, I, I could I could see that.
0: That would be quite an interesting combo because Heather's almost end you know puts a full stop on the John Hughes eighties year and Hughes goes off to write Little Children, killing you know attempting to knock out bad guys, and you know instead the the the, the, the backpack grow up. Yes, and that, and, oh. and I'm including Cusack in that, and so this and this is and then you get you've got. You know, first first um, Gulf War, people coming home from that, yeah, which very much ties into this. Uh, oh, and you you're...
2: you get the feeling that Dan Aykroyd's character has yeah. literally just lived it. That's why oh, was, absolutely oh, just there's something I just I, I couldn't believe how good he is in this. Watching it again, he's so and good. You forget how good he, he he was. He was. He's not dead, but like you forget yeah. how good he is as an actor. <laughs> he just hasn't done anything you know what i mean like, there's there's that element of you haven't seen him in a lot of stuff he didn't i know he i know had, you know he it just presents like reality was. tv yeah and you see him in here and he's got these these little visual ticks and the way he walks backwards and the the interplay yeah. with him and Cusack. i mean it's not this minute yeah. it's not this minute actually but the interesting thing about this minute for me is the fact that um uh, you've got two really... It's a um, quick shot of two really good TV actors in Hank era uh, who, you know, became... Who most like, from The Simpsons and all these things. But he is... he You know, his movie career isn't as well-known-ish at times as, as, as mm-hmm. the fact that he's in The Simpsons. And I really wanted to bring him up. Um, K. Todd Freeman... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Where have I seen this guy before? Where have I seen this guy before? Where have I seen this guy before?" And it's Buffy.
1: Yeah.
2: It's yep. a very right. similar performance. It's a very yeah. similar performance. It's kind of cool. Hit not not even a hitman. It's kind, almost like a bounty hunter kind of yeah. guy. Yeah. Um. And he's and out of the two characters because they're sitting in a car as this thing explodes. He's the only one that has a line, and he's just cool as it just explodes. <laughs> It's <laughs> really like again, it's it, it's quite. There's something quite funny about that, knowing where he yeah. goes next with stuff like Buffy and yeah. and everything. And, and and I
1: think like we've we've mentioned this before, but I think it's a real testament that he keeps up to Hank Azaria, right? Like Hank Azaria is known. He's he's been in Friends. He's been in Simpsons. He's mm-hmm. he's he's a known character, right? And and kato Freeman, keeps up with him in these like very very tight scenes that require both characters to really play it up yes and i think i think one of the big lamentations that hugh and i both have is that those two characters don't get more screen time because i'm sure there is some great footage of those two playing off against each other on the cutting room floor yeah i would love to see and i'd love it to be a longer film if that's what's included there are I mean, definitely a few things that could have been cut I feel, we we've, we we've, yeah. we've, we had that a couple of weeks ago um, oh
0: yeah, that's true but, you, were, you, were, you were like, uh and I was yeah, like, oh, no, oh, it's not that bad, and you were like, Ugh.
1: it was a rough five minutes it was a rough five minutes <laughs> <laughs> that, that that house viewing is is not my favorite part of the film but
0: i having... love it i think it's I hysterical but only because it's so it, but it, it makes you so uncomfortable as well it was really interesting <laughs> to explore it, it is think...
2: humor that seems like it's coming from a different place from precisely yes. that's what we were yeah.
0: saying it, yeah. i was saying this is the day this is the beginning of the pivot era this is this is you know this is entourage on its way right this is yes yeah this is awesome. him Starting off, but also that social class thing as well. You literally have three people who once upon a time were all together in 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 their school class and now they're all you know, literally by height and doing different things and different and presents. Uh,
1: I, I feel with the, the, the cutting room floor stuff of, of Azaria and Freeman, I think a lot of that is built off of Armitage's fears of repeating yeah. Miami Blues. Yeah. It's it's because he didn't want those characters to be too uh appealing to the audience he and he was afraid that if they were if they were too liked by the audience then the end of the movie which i'm not going to spoil because why would i do that uh Mm. would play out badly for audiences right because audiences wouldn't want to see that outcome
0: yeah. yeah, your sympathies have to be in a very particular place because they are government agents. And even though, as we've just discussed, we were pretty convinced that both Grosser and Blank are ex-government, the fact is they are private, you know, private contractors now. And so it's it, it's that classic thing of the American indie private contractor versus the government. And there is yeah. a certain degree of casual cynicism on the part of the government agents because they're just they they know that they can just get away with stuff.
2: Yes, yeah. yeah.
0: you know. So uh, right, so as we come to the end of this, we get to the outside of the club, and it's, we've 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 practically glossed over the conversation with the driver in this. I, video. Yeah, and I think <laughs> we, I think we should no, I think we should talk about it at the start of the next episode.
1: I think I think so. Also, I think there's a lot more conversation between these two to come up. Precisely. In, so I think in, in, we, in we should five we'll, minutes, and I we'll think tag we'll it on there. on there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So well, uh, we, in that case.
1: Uh this was minute forty six of the Gross Point Blank podcast, Debbie Radio 79.5 FM, featuring your hosts, co-writers, and co-producers, myself Dev Sodiger, and my buddy Hugh David. Today's
0: guest, Leslie Byron Pitt, podcaster, broadcaster, film critic, essay writer, general man about town. Leslie, where can people find you online if they want to talk to you?
2: Um, anywhere where the name Afrofilm Viewer is.
0: Yes. Which interestingly enough, nobody has ever nicked off you. You've had this for years now.
2: Yeah. I've really, a
0: bit worried, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's great. Every if I see that name I know it's actually you, which is kind of <laughs> crazy on the internet. Um and that's on that's across all social media platforms as well yes. as articles, blogs. Yeah. Um folks can also find him uh you've written for Empire Magazine here in the UK before. Yes, and you've been occasionally on UK TV and radio, haven't you,
2: as well? Yes, indeed. Um, I think the last thing I did, I did a, um, I did an essay for Dennis Hopper's The Hotspot um, mm-hmm. with Radiance Films. So, who, funnily enough, released Miami Blues the same month. So they, yeah. <laughs> this is how it all comes <laughs> I together. Bought, I, I literally bought a copy of before I got on, got, got on air with you guys, yeah, because um, I need to rewatch it again because it's really an odd one, but it's yeah. interesting yeah fantastic uh and you can find us
0: on uh all good podcast players including the one you are listening to and or watching us on youtube twitter aka x spotify and in all cases our handle is debbie radio d-e-b-i radio also come to our website which is debbie radio.com once more that's d-e-b-i radio
1: And if you want to talk with us You can join us on the Facebook listeners group Debbie Radio 79.5 FM Fan Club Sure was clear that All of this was new Concentrating hard Like a little girl Smoking for the first time
2: It wasn't a moment It was a feeling